Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Bus Down Camp, a Riordan verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. Yes, we are back to our regularly scheduled programme and oh my gosh, if you guys haven't checked out my interview with Sawat Chadder from last week on my YouTube channel and here on this podcast, be sure to go do so now because yes, I am your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with the start of the Battle of the Labyrinth. Chapter 1, I battle the cheerleading squad and chapter 2, the underworld sends me a prank call. As always, I have my points to focus on so today we've got beginnings, characters, story and generally what I thought of it. But to begin... Here's the synopsis. Schools in the US sound like my worst nightmare. So I feel you there, Percy. The Vampire Diaries makes a comeback as the murder of Percy is inevitable until Rachel Elizabeth Dare saves the day. But not Percy's social life. At camp, something strange is going on. Not that we ever learn what that is. Then, of course, a revenge plot arrives. And that's pretty much the overview, but not the overview, the synopsis for these two chapters. And admittedly, I I did learn quite a bit about the US educational system, slightly in this case, but also just the fact that US schools just seem huge and I don't know, this is this is an interest we're back to the conventions basically of how Percy Jackson books open with monster in a school. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Things that have gone on here are interesting. It's, I'm slightly disappointed that we've gone back to conventions, but um, it it wasn't a bad one in comparison to some of the others that we've had. I feel like this one made a lot of sense to happen. Um, so I'm here for it. But um, before I just continue rambling on, let's just dive right on in because I have a lot to say and you know guys honestly when do I not have a lot to say so let's start with chapter one I battle the cheerleading squad and here is the overview for chapter one Percy and schools just don't mix homeschooling may be the plan Sally lass Paul and Sally are goals a certain redhead returns We don't have cheerleaders here, but somehow they sound terrifying. Yes, Rachel Elizabeth Dare is back and seems to know more than Percy without knowing more than Percy, which doesn't make sense, but it's somehow still a thing. Also, how big are US schools? Because they sound huge. And also, you guys have a full-ass music room? Like, like a 
big band music room like we had like a music classroom but it was like tiny and we had maybe like a piano and some keyboards and a single guitar maybe we had no we did have a drum set but that was like it (laughs) how big are your schools seriously oh wait now vampires are a thing and percy will be a criminal again fabulous oh annabeth no oh no oh gotta love that awkward tension and off to camp we go <laughs> so considering this is an op- this is the first chapter quite a lot did happen in this i will admit well, i don't need to admit because it's it's true a lot did happen but yeah for the cheerleader thing okay we don't have cheerleaders here but we did have a cheerleading class why well, say we had a cheerleading class it's like a class at the gym that you could do that had nothing to do with our school that i went to and i was i don't know fully the term but i was like the person who holds people up so i was like i guess the base maybe um so i did all the like lifting people into the air and stuff oh my god i was such a lesbian not even was i'm still such a lesbian oh my gosh um but yeah no hearing this they just i'm kind of glad we don't have them here for like cheering on people admittedly our sports culture is not the same as in the u.s um but anyway let's uh <laughs> let's move on in because considering we are back into the conventions of things i think this is other than the times curse which was different in its opening this one i think has the better opening monster scene like we have the fight with the vampires with kelly and I can't remember the other one's name but we have that opening fight and we have that opening we have the initial insight the inciting incident well not the inciting incident the main drive of what this book is going to be we can tell straight away is given in this first chapter in that the camp is in trouble and straight away we are getting that so going into like openings slash beginnings of one of my points there's a lot that has come up like so yeah we're back to the school destroying and monster of the week but it works in this case because like i'm not against these openings and like i said this one is engaging with the whole you know his opening line of like blowing up another school was the last thing i wanted you know that's kind of funny this instantly hooking and obviously again the sweet moments with sally i do slightly wish it was changed up a little bit and it kind of it kind of is in that we do get this initial story hook as well of the camp being in danger which is so much different in comparison and also we have the fight with the monster in like the first chapter i think maybe the other one that had that was the lightning thief i may be wrong i think i may be wrong but this was definitely from what i can remember the first book so far that we've had since maybe the lightning thief where in the first chapter we are having the monster fight and also the introduction to what will be the big plot of this which is the camp being in danger and just getting straight going straight into some action in the first chapter is initially engaging engaging which does help get the plot along alongside the note of the dangers to come the only issue that i do have with it is that it just we are bombarded with quite a lot of information um which you know not the best thing but from 
going into the story a little bit, we do get hints of the two things. Like I mentioned, the whole camping trouble, but in the fact that it is Kronos coming to camp. And also the possibility that Rachel Elizabeth Dare is going to play a role because she can see through the mist even better than Percy, which is why the whole overview of like she knows more than Percy without knowing more than Percy. She sees that Kelly and the other cheerleader are monsters before he can even tell they are monsters. She recognises the danger of things before he does. And admittedly, that's not surprising because honestly, Percy, you are bloody useless more often than not. Do some educational reading on the mythology that you know is real. My gods. This boy, like, this is four years you've been invested in the world of Greek mythology being real and yet you still have not learnt a goddamn thing about anything to do with Greek mythology. You know nothing, Percy Jackson. And then we've got Rachel Elizabeth Dare, immortal, coming in straight away, kind of having more information already, even though she doesn't have all of the information. She saves Percy's life. Like, she's that, but she's able to fix the situation we assume of, like, the whole school blowing up situation. But just going off these two points of Cronus coming to camp and that threat of of camp being in trouble and Rachel Elizabeth Dare being here straight away and showing the significance that she has as a character through her strength of seeing through the mist. In comparison to Titan's Curse and a little bit of Sea of Monsters, these storylines are fed incredibly well into these chapters. The Kronos one and the camp one, not as much because it's very specific. Like, hey, say goodbye to your camp because it's not going to be there for long. Whereas the Rachel Elizabeth Dare one is a little better, better, better fed through in that we, it's kind of shown to us instead of told to us. The whole, you know, show don't tell situation, whereas obviously we're being told about Kronos. Um, if anything, the way in which they could have... I don't know if there was a better way to do it. It's kind of difficult to feed it through. Like, the way they do it isn't too bad, but I don't know. It, maybe it could have been done at a different point. Maybe it should, maybe both plot point elements should have been brought in at the same time. That may be another thing. But yeah, the, <laughs> there there is a lot that is happening in this chapter. And considering how big this book is, you feel like it'd be spread out a little bit more. I think this is just a recurring theme of these books is that it's just so much happens in a single chapter. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. Sometimes it does need to be broken up. And I don't know if this is just because I've been getting into copy editing of novels more often than, more often, well, more recently at least, that I'm starting to notice the need for breaking up chapters more so when there are multiple storylines going on at once within them. But this feels like it may have been a case for not separating these chapters, but moving one bit of information to a different chapter. Just because there's two different things are happening, two bit different big bits of information that feel very significant happening, kind of over two pages. Not really that. Not the best way to do it. But anyway, um, <laughs> so the camp is in danger and we are heading there now and that is kind of the big thing here and unfortunately tension with Annabeth and oh, we'll get 
hoped that eventually, because um, I've got a lot to say. But um, before we go on to that, there wasn't really much to say about chapter one other than those few little things here. But chapter two is kind of where it is at. So let us move on to chapter two, The Underworld Sends Me a Prank. Cool. And here is the overview for chapter two. Much has happened, but secrets are abound. Bloody hell, Percy. Clarice hasn't beaten you up since the first book. Bugger off with this nonsense. A strange air about the camp makes us all anxious. We meet a new trainer at the camp, an older demigod, and boy, does he like danger. Grover is given a week to find Pan. We love our timeline deadlines. My god, it's not even two full chapters in, and we've information blockers abound. I'm saying the word abound a lot. Oh well. Clarice and Annabeth being friends, though. Here for it. Tyson returns. Amazing. Also, bloody finally that Percy is getting more sword training. Four years too late, but whatever. That night, a strange thing happens, as an iris message brings news of Nico, and unfortunately, this baby is ready to kill, and it seems like he's out to kill Percy. Oh my days. Okay, so that is the overview for chapter two, and considering what I was just saying about chapter one, it's like, hey, shortening of plot points, you know, good opening, we're getting this idea for the book is going to focus on chapter two just throws that all out the window so i'm going to have to take that back because we now have multiple plot points coming in again we've got crover's pan quest and a reference to something that we don't know about to do with clarissa's plan of how to deal with this situation annabeth knowing of this plan but we're not being told this plan because plot convenience and then Nico's vengeance with his ghost come alongside our Kronos battle and Rachel. It's less than the Titan's Curse, I will admit, but still. Multiple plot and important aspects to follow at once don't always go well. And just a little note now, the Rachel Elizabeth Dare thing, while I'm aware of it, <laughs> the we forget all about it for a long period of time until it becomes convenient again and that is that is a big evidence and I will bring it up when we get to that that is big evidence to me as to why multiple plot points bring them in straight away is it's just if they're not going to be there in the background slightly don't do it bring them in when they're going to be coming into significance at that later point don't do it straight away if you're then going to forget all about them and then only talk about them again in the lead up not even usually in the lead up but with the moment you need significance again i just i'm not a fan of it but yeah just just for the story so this is all story elements i forgot to bring in my points because i just want to get straight into this this is the thing that i off it is a common occurrence in percy jackson but it's so common in so many tropes, in fantasy, in romance. This, this is the reason for most romantic comedies or romantic dramas, is that people aren't giving the information that they need or they're being interrupted 
so they can't give the information they need to create this conflict and it's just the dumbest thing ever and it's happening so it happens so many times in this chapter we're keeping a te- in, we're keeping important information away from Percy, which is obviously keeping it us uh, keeping it away from us, the reader as well. We had four instances at least in this chapter alone. I mean, just stop, <laughs> stop it, especially when you're going to bring attention to it in the most obvious ways. Like Quintus is going to be talking about. Oh, I don't even remember what Quintus was. That's. The frustrating part, it interrupts us and you don't even remember. Maybe that's the point, but it's so dumb. Quintus was going to bring up something important to do with training, I think. Hold on, maybe I should check this. Okay, so Quintus knows about the prophecy and Percy was about to ask him some things to do with it when Chiron interrupts. Obviously, that's keeping the prophecy away from us again. Then we have the whole Rachel appearing to do... Admittedly, this wasn't important information, but, like, it was it was a lovely moment. Um, of Annabeth, obviously, being there with Percy. She's happy. She's excited for their date. And, yes, it is a date. Sally is the biggest shipper of Percy. I'm going to say it properly because I've had enough of fans calling me out for it. And that's another thing that I'm going to talk about at the end of this episode. Persebeth. Moment she... Sally is a big shipper of Persebeth. 100%. Um, and Annabeth was... I think she was going to say something to Percy as well before Rachel appeared. Um, then there's the whole... Then we have the whole labyrinth situation where a conch horn is blown for inspections and Annabeth can't tell Percy because they've got to go do inspections. And then add in the fact that we have the whole situation with the Iris message where we don't get to see the rest of what happens just because Percy doesn't have a drachma to throw in to keep the message going. Like, I get that this is like a slightly comedic thing and also to feed in some information that will pop up later, but just give the information later. Like, stop hinting at things stop hinting at the prophecy that we're never going to learn it seems stop (laughs) interrupting moments of information to leave us hanging that probably isn't going to be answered for a while as well stop giving us information only for then for us to then not get any more now the nico thing firstly many as well i've never i was never particularly a fan of this because it doesn't make any when we find out the reason why this is happening fair enough but also it's it just seems really dumb to me like the only reason this is happening is just maybe give a little bit more of urgency to percy but at this point there's no reason for it like there's no reason for us to know this information absolutely none other than for dramatic effect we're, we're two chapters in, mate. We don't need any more dramatic effect. We've already we already know that the camp's in trouble. We know that there's something going on with Annabeth, Clarice, and Grover in the Pan Quest. Why do we need to know that Nico's on some vengeance revenge plot? There's no other reason for this information, and I'm very, very, very tired of information being put in that at that current point holds no significance. If if this was later on, 
with when this information is going to be important. The day before that event goes on, if this was shown then, fair enough, because then it is significant. It holds bearing to the story and the drama and the plot elements of that moment. But right now, there is no significance for this. It just makes no logical sense. I'm tired. <laughs> just I, this would have been a thing. Like if I was editing this, I would have cut this out. This chapter is too long anyway. This chapter is way too long in general. I would have cut. I would have cut it out straight away. You, this chapter doesn't need to be as long as it is, and this scene isn't important to the current aspects of the plot. I would have ended it. Honestly, I probably would have ended it when we meet Tyson again and Selena has arrived for the inspection she's happy with it maybe we do keep a little bit to do with the whole Hephaestus cabin and then going there to do some blacksmithing stuff and the chatting with Annabeth but like I don't know it just the bit to do with Quintus as well as useful because finally Percy's getting training but the info to do with Nico just feels really out of place even the information about Percy giving Tyson the information firstly that could have been a different chapter I know that 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 information pretty much only happens to lead into the next part which is Percy having the iris message to do with Nico. That's the only reason that scene there with Tyson to do with Nico is there in the first place, to then lead into that next part. You don't need it. I mean, a lot of that stuff in that chapter after Selena has popped by for the inspection, there's no significance to any of it. It's just kind of like general camp life. Have it somewhere, but have it in a separate chapter. It just having too many multiple plot things happen. Feed it through. Don't put it all in one place at once. Spread it out a little bit more. This has just turned into a little bit more of a rant. And I haven't gone on to what I want to talk about, which is characters, particularly Percy. Because, okay, Percy in these first two chapters, but Percy in general, he's he's so smart that he's also kind of dumb. And... I just <laughs> somehow he still doesn't seem to understand Annabeth and that does slightly frustrate me but considering that obviously in the last book he was slightly involved in the gaslighting to do with her abusive family so that doesn't particularly surprise me but my guy you see that she was so excited and happy when she saw you she's laughing she's joyful an expression that we've never really seen she's kind of, she's dressed herself up a little bit she's really put effort into like how she looks and she's so happy and then she sees someone else come out and they give you their number and you're surprised that she her mood changes all of a sudden like mate mate i know he's what he's 15 at this point yeah he's 15 at this point but come on you you're stop being so obtuse <laughs> but also 
the moment he finds out that she's been having she's been like friendly or on good terms like allyship with Clarice oh my god he's so judgmental like the, the Clarice slander still considering we've I know this that short story to do with Clarice and the, the Percy Jackson the Stolen Chariot was written I'm, I think after this book actually but so so that relationship that they have at this point story wise hasn't happened well it has but it hasn't been anyway but this girl wasn't she, she wasn't even in Titan's Curse she was away on a secret mission somewhere she, so she she didn't assault you in the second one she yes she verbally was mean but you guys kind of stole her quest so you know slightly justified and the first book Clarice is no longer the same person as she was in the first book the first book she you know horrible abusive deserves to be called out on her behavior and get her comeuppance but she receives not like she has changed a lot and yet Percy's opinion of her continues to stay the same and it's frustrating to me because like people do change it's been four years mate like and you've seen the last time you saw her was two years prior I mean, come on, man. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> We've just had you in the side story enjoying your time with her. People grow, Percy. And admittedly, considering how you've been in, a f- in the last of the few books, with a little bit of entitlement to quests and such, you should take a lesson there, my guy. And yes, I know people are going to be mad at that, but honestly, there are so many things that Percy does that I question quite a lot he is he is quite entitled and he's not really ever called out on it because he does obviously he's the quote-unquote chosen one but i know it's his whole loyalty thing but at the same time learn your boundaries mate learn your boundaries um and just to put a reminder here guys i do love percy jackson i love the books i love the character i love everything about it obviously there are things that i find questionable and that i debate about but just because i'm critical doesn't mean i hate it i have to say this because apparently some people don't get that just because you're critical doesn't mean you hate things and from (sighs) this is the thing that i'm just gonna i'm gonna finish up here the first few chapters they're not bad but i feel they could have been better they they needed a lot of tightening up editing wise i will admit too much happens in chapter two chapter two in itself is incredibly long and it could have been cut way down because it's got so much unnecessary information chapter one pretty strong in general although there were some things that i feel could have been threaded in slightly better but I just want to move into this ending part because I feel this needs to be set. Now, I don't know if anyone here follows me on TikTok, uh, on TikTok, sorry, um, at a dose of Fran, but um, I have had enough with some Percy Jackson fans recently in that I'm continuing to see again and again hateful messages. Uh, I've slowly begin begun stopping doing Percy Jackson videos um, on my YouTube channel. Um, first, because 
they don't seem to gain any interest anywhere. There's a few that did take off, but other than that, there seems to be no particular interest in it in general. But also, my Percy Jackson videos really are the only ones that receive hateful comments. Um, and I need to look after myself, so I would rather not have to see hateful comments on things that I enjoyed making. Or at least, things that I used to enjoy making. I've become... Uh, I no longer enjoy making my Percy Jackson videos. Uh, I'm still obviously going to be continuing doing my podcast because it's something fun to do and I do enjoy doing it. I do enjoy dissecting the books in this way. But honestly, at the end of the day, it also depends because if people... And I'm going to swear here. So if anyone doesn't want to hear swear language because I don't know how to beat this out. So, But I cannot deal and I will not deal with shitty behaviour towards myself and others and I do know that other Percy Jackson podcasters have received disgusting messages so if you are one of those people who have been sending hate messages to the Percy Jackson podcasters to Percy Jackson YouTubers to Percy Jackson content creators and artists screw you you are a despicable person and you need to check your entitlement and just generally piss right off. If I find anyone who is listening to my podcast or sends me anything or if I find anyone has been sending anything unkind to any Percy Jackson fan creator or even to the... There have been people who've been sending hate messages to the Rick Riordan Presents authors because of things to do with Rick. The toxicity is appalling. Just stop. Think before you type if you can even comprehend your disgusting attitude, which considering you have this attitude, I'm going to go with you can't. And think about the fact that you are degrading another human being. Something that you should have learned as a child, but if you send hate messages, I'm going to go with, you haven't learned how to be a grown-up. So I'm going to end this here because I don't want to go into another rant because I've had to do too many of these this past year. Only to the Percy Jackson fandom, which should tell you something. And the fact that I have to bring this up again and again, and each time I do, by the way, I'm told, oh, other fandoms have it worse. That's not the bloody point. The point is, there are fans who are being despicable and no one is doing a thing about it. So this is me saying, if I find anyone has been doing any of these hateful things to myself, the other Percy Jackson podcasters, Percy Jackson content creators or artists, and I find your social media, I will be blocking you. I will be making sure that you have no access to myself. I will be letting other people know to block you as well, because you have no right to do this. And if there is anyone, if anyone is experiencing hate, block, block straight away, don't engage, block, because screw those guys. And to anyone who is doing that, I can you're a horrible person. I'm going to end this here because, yeah, no, I was meant to do it a second ago, but this is something that I'm incredibly passionate about. I've received death threats, guys, like, that's never okay. So I'm going to just thank you for anyone who is understanding here and to remind everyone as well that in the episode show notes 
other links to help support the Black Lives Matter and the Trans Lives Matter movement to go help support those causes and make sure that the word never stops going because we've got to make change in this world and if we don't speak out about it how can we so speak out support and do what you can links in the episode show notes so yeah thank you guys for joining me today and i'm sorry for that little rant at the end i just had to get it out and i'm excited to start and continue with the battle of the labyrinth be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our old inverse journey and i promise to not be as preachy as i was today (laughs) next week well, well we'll see we'll see what happened that week now to plug where you can find our podcast we are available on spotify apple podcast audio boom stitcher and deezer in the meantime between episodes you can find the best damn camp on various social media at best damn camp pod on instagram and twitter and on tumblr at the best if you want to email me with your own thoughts within reason you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com and i will read it out at the end of the show if you want to support me making this content, check me out on Patreon at a healthy dose of Fran and check out my YouTube channel at a healthy dose of Fran for the Percy Jackson content that I have there. And drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And yes, I've changed my Instagram name to at a dose of Fran. Well, a dose of Fran, just to make it easier to find me. <laughs> Again, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your own hunter. And I'll see slash speak to you guys next time. So long and be kind.